Okay, so earlier this week, you had made a comment, and I was like, oh, I want to talk about this on Saturday, because a lot of people um, have this idea about soulmates and twin flames. Um, so, so tell me what you were thinking, because I know I went on Instagram, and I like kind of like blew, you, what you said is I blew it up. I blew up the theory or the idea behind soulmates and twin yeah. flames. So I want to know, like, I want to talk about it more because so many psychics, so many spiritual people, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm in all the girl groups and like, mm-hmm. that's like really one of the main things that they talk about. Mm-hmm. Just freaking, where's my soul twin? Where's my twin flame? And it's like, I mean, is it a thing? You know, like, mm-hmm. the I've way- been taught certain yeah, well, like the way the way that I feel about that, because I totally bought into the whole soulmate and twin flame thing as well. Like when I was in my teens and my twenties, I was like, "Oh my god, where's my soulmate or where's my twin flame?" And the, the the word twin flame was it's kind of a bounce off from the idea of soulmates because people got on the soulmate uh, bandwagon, and then after that kind of you know like people got tired of that, then they kind of moved over to the twin flame, which is another re- like it's a rebranding of it. Um, here's the thing: I feel like it's utter bullshit (laughs) in the way that most people understand it. And what I mean by that is in the world, in the universe, in the world, when you come into life, there is the opportunity to connect with others in a way where there really is this like sync up that happens here. And you will have unlimited opportunities like that but most people don't see that most people don't understand that most people think that there's only one other person in the universe i'm supposed to be with and i'm supposed to be with that person for all eternity or there's just one person in the world that i meant that is going to be a good fit for me everybody else is trash right and i'm like no you're you're first of all you're setting yourself up for failure um secondly um you're basically telling the universe that if this person isn't perfect or fit within a certain like spectrum or, or scheme, it's not going to serve me and I'm not going to go for it. And so that tends to be the case. And so what, what I tell people is if you really want to connect with someone or have that bond with others, you need to just see yourself as having unlimited potentials. There's unlimited people out there. And I think now with social media and how we can connect with people around the world, it's even more of a, of a reality for us now because we can connect with people. We don't have to be in the same like general area or vicinity. And now with COVID, it's even more of a reality for people to meet online because they can't really meet in person if they're in lockdown. Um, so it just depends on the situation. But in the in the world, for example, let's use myself as an example. I have hundreds, if not thousands, of potential quote-unquote soulmates or um, twin flames that I can connect with here. And it's just a unique energy that is spec on from a spectrum. It's on the same wavelength as me. So we, we kind of link up or sync in that way. The concept of a soulmate though, and I think this is where people get confused, is the idea that my soul is supposed to be married or have this like other person that's like the other part of myself. So that's where people would think of like twin flame or or my other half or whatever. The fact that you have to think of yourself as like an incomplete person or a half of anything is bullshit because you're not a half of a person. You're not an incomplete person. You're exactly who you're supposed to be. You're exactly what you're supposed to be right now. And so you're not supposed you're not supposed to think of yourself as half of a person because you're exactly how you should be in this world and in this reality. Um, our soul is a higher part of ourselves. It's like a higher 
aspect of our nature. So for me, for example, I'm spirit, I'm Fernie. My spirit is Fernie. This, I'm in this physical body, etc. When I die, the spirit Fernie will reabsorb back into the soul and the soul we call that the cloud. It's the part of us that collects all of the data, all of the information from all the different lifetimes that we've lived. So that soul is a being unto itself and it is much grander and bigger than Fernie. So when we think of the idea of a soulmate, there are other souls whose vibration is similar to ours in that there are certain things that we are we are both working on and working towards from this physical plane of existence and when we're down here my soul my soul coming through me which is fernie i can connect with someone else who's linked up to to their soul and our souls are on the same wavelength so we have something that is pulling us together but usually that tends to be because we're learning things from each other or we have experiences that we can give each other and so we're always going to feel pulled to those people that are going to give us the opportunities to express and to understand and to grow and to evolve that doesn't mean it's going to be a positive experience or a negative experience it just means that it's going to be an opportunity to grow on this level um, if you want to line up with someone who is a good fit or a good match for you that has more to do with energy and vibration and like what you're trying to link up with what you're trying to sync up to twin flame is the same concept of the soulmate it's just rebranded and re repurposed so pretty much don't need to continue to focus on finding your soulmate right so. these people <laughs> these people who are like i'm gonna say no to anybody and everybody that is not my soulmate, they're setting themselves up for failure. They're, it's almost like, it, it reminds me of the old adage, like you're, you're in your house, it's flooding, you get on top of your roof and you, you Houston folks can you know, understand this. Um, so you, it's flooding, you get on the top of your roof, you're waiting, you're asking God, God, send me the thing that's gonna save me. Send, send, me, my, send me my perfect boat. It has to be a ship. It has to have all of these luxurious things. It has to be perfect. Send me this perfect ship to save me from this flood. And so uh, a guy in a raft goes by and, hey, do you need some help? No, I think you God's got me. I'm waiting for the perfect ship. I'm waiting for my soulmate, right? And so then they go by and then there's another person. They're in a rowboat. Hey, you need some help? You look like you need, yeah, oh, yeah, your boat's kind of dingy. I don't really trust it so i'm gonna like let you go and then someone comes along in a speedboat and it's got an engine and you're like mm, yeah that's not the cruise that's not the luxurious thing i was expecting this is not the perfect thing you know and then that goes by and then people are like god why have you just abandoned me i've never had anybody come into my life and i'm alone for the rest of it like girl you had like three options and even though they weren't all perfect options they would have done something for you on a soul level on a spiritual level you would have gained from that experience and everyone is an opportunity to level it up i mean even if i would have jumped into that you know uh, tire that floaty with the with that guy who was on that little inflatable raft i mean that's something right that's an opportunity to like get out of where i was stuck in and so he can probably take me over to uh somebody else's house who had a a, a nicer boat with an engine and then i would have been able to evolve to that and the people are always like i don't want to waste my time i don't want to date someone and waste my time if it's not going to be the perfect relationship or going to lead to a lifelong relationship and i'm just like what the hell kind of a reality are you living in like how do you think you're going to learn what a, a real relationship should look like how do you think you're going to learn unless you have pet parents who exemplified the ideal relationship which most of us haven't how the hell do you think you're going to learn what is appropriate and what is healthy in a relationship and what isn't right so you, go ahead right yeah you know 
what you want. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's why you to have that same, oh, nope. Nope, because I'm like never really being specific and mm-hmm. honest with myself about right. what it is that I really, really care. Right. Because I keep trying to hold up to these standards of society that says you can do it. You're all right. Mm-hmm. You don't need this. Or you don't. Maybe I don't need that. But what I desire is this, and I have to be able to accept that in myself. Because I think right. a lot of us are looking for specifically what society told us to do, and we don't know who we are. Right. So then we're looking for somebody ego instead right. of what we really really desire so it's a lot child yeah yeah well i i i choose to see every relationship as a learning experience and even if it doesn't work out you're going to learn something about yourself you're going to learn about what your limits are what you are able to do what you're not able to do you know you're going to learn who you're not and then learn who you are um, I before like I before my current partner because my partner and I've been together for about like 12 years or we're going on 12 years now but before this relationship I was in a really toxic and just dro- oh, like overly drama dramatic relationship uh, with my ex and that was four years of just craziness before that relationship there had been several several people several guys that had come along who were pretty incredible and I just didn't see it because I was under the impression that I was supposed to end up with someone who's supposed to be the, the perfect fit for me or the perfect thing that I would be, uh, you know, desiring or whatever. And I met plenty of guys who were really great guys, but I didn't see the value in them. I didn't see the worth. I didn't see what I could do to benefit from that. Um, so I always had like a checklist of like, well, you don't have this or mm, you're pigeon toed. I can't date you or like the stupidest superficial reasons for not evolving it into a relationship that could be something beautiful. So I had all these weird issues and hiccups and stuff. Then I got with my ex and that changed everything because in that relationship, I learned who I wasn't and I had to like figure myself out and figure out who I was and how I was contributing to that toxic relationship. Once I got out of that, I was more than ready for any of the guys that I had dated previously. Like I was like, Oh, I'm like, y'all are like, kool-aid compared to this person that i was with um that's just dirty water you know and when you're thirsty you drink water you drink the dirty water when you're thirsty but that doesn't mean you should spend the rest of your life drinking the dirty water and that's how i felt and so after i that relationship ended i was more than ready and prepared for something that was definitely on a whole nother level and then i met my partner and that just like took off really quickly and it is still i mean i'm grateful because i feel when i see other people in their relationships i'm like even i mean every relationship has its issues every relationship has things that it should it can work on or improve on but with my partner it's like "Mm, no you're great you're catch like regardless you're still a catch to me so i mm -mm, i don't need to mess with that and so i think for people they need to understand that sometimes you think you know what you want until you experience what you don't want. And then that should teach you and help you to understand what you really, really are needing instead of what you thought was important. So that's why I tell people, even if you're just going to date, it's not a waste of your time. Let it help you to figure some things out. Um, and then you will line up with something that it will be, will be a good fit for you, but don't go around thinking that I'm supposed to have the soulmate or this one person that's perfect for me. And the universe is, you know, God is punishing me because I haven't met this one person. Well, are you a crappy person yourself? Do you have issues with your attitude? Do you have a negative mindset? Do you need to look at yourself and how you've contributed to these relationships? Because 
when it comes down to it, a lot of people like to demonize the ex or the person that didn't, didn't work out with because maybe that person decided, you know what, you're a mess. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. Bye. And then they leave the relationship and people want to, instead they want to like demonize that person. Like that person's awful or they're horrible or they're evil and they used me and they treated me badly. I'm like, baby girl, look at yourself because you basically just said, I'm not responsible for the relationships or who I am in relationships they are and they left me so they're wrong and they're evil and they're bad and i'm just like okay girl like i'm gonna need you to get a reality check real soon because you're contributing to your own issues your own problems and you're not taking responsibility for that if you want a healthy relationship if you want a good connection then offer it if you can't offer it then shut your mouth and prepare to be alone for the rest of your life or settle down for the toxic relationship that you can only get because that's what you're going to end up with you know yeah yeah i mean that's really important part I think of clearing yourself and getting yourself ready for a relationship mm -hmm. is recognizing the lives yeah. in you yeah you know, I can't keep saying well, ah <laughs> these people keep going up no they're attracted to me you yeah. know what I mean like yeah that's like yeah out of a line so I mean I mean people need to really respect that and say okay well maybe I need to spend some time with myself to find out mm. what I need to fix yeah you know what I mean or where I'm I'm suffering or where I'm like, cause I know for me, my self-esteem has not always been where it needs to be. Right. So of course I'm like, yes, you there down there, right. come up here. Me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I just need to like, you know, spend some time with myself. I think it's important that we remember that, acknowledge it and respect it. Mm -hmm. And like you said, stop blaming everything. Be partner. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, another thing about it is that when you do shift energy, like people recognize and notice it. I think when I first started learning how to love myself, like authentically loving myself, I'm not talking about like, oh, look, you're so cute. Oh, look, you're so beautiful. Oh, look, look at you, Fernie. You're like, not, that's not what I'm talking about when I say learning to love yourself. That's a superficial love. It's not authentic. I mean, there's nothing wrong with like, Ooh, wow, I look great. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but authentic love, you don't have to constantly tell yourself that you're this or that, you just feel love for yourself and you're gonna do whatever you have to do to take care of yourself, to protect yourself and to provide yourself with nurturing experiences and surrounding yourself with people that are only going to be authentic or at least show up, you know? And yes, granted, we all have situations where we have to deal with family and not everybody that we deal with in family is, you know, a great person and it's not the easiest to, to deal with, but, Still, like when you authentically love yourself, all of a sudden something shifts inside of you, something energetically moves. And what tends to happen is you start to see people coming to you or, or approaching you or being drawn to you who just naturally want to love you and naturally want to feel that love and they feel it from you and they want to give it back as well. So I think today, growing up in the, you know, as a young gay guy, like I was constantly trying to feel like I was worthy or I was attractive or whatever. Now I'm like, nah, I'm just, I'm just me and take it or leave it. I love you all. I'm going to give you the very best of me that I can give you, but I'm going to probably disappoint y'all at some point. I'm going to probably piss you off at some point, but I still love you and I'm still going to give you what I want and what I need to give you. But now people like they just, they just come up with, they show up with love. And like, even just like when I get on an appointment with a client and the first person that I see, like there's just this. I like immediately I already know I love you like I love you and I'm here to love you I'm not here to hurt you and you can feel that energy like coming back from them and so when you get used to that all of a sudden the people around you and everyday experiences you just start to encounter more people like that mm-hmm mm -hmm. you better 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had a really good e-reading uh, e-reading question this week. One of my uh, the e-reading people. Um, so people like whenever like for people who don't know what an e-reading is, um, people who want a reading but they don't have time to wait for me to have an opening for the appointment, or they want to just ask me and they want a short like return, they can do an e-reading, which is like seventy. You get your answer back in seventy-two hours. But uh, with the e-reading, uh, people can ask me all kinds of questions, and um, some people ask some really great questions sometimes. And one of the questions that I got. This this week was uh, someone who said, how can I cope and move on from a really bad relationship or toxic relationship? And that's a really good question because a lot of people get stuck in old energy and they get, they get stuck on somebody and they can't move forward. Like I know people who have been caught like stuck on someone for 15, 20 years. And they're like, for is this person going to come back into my life? I'm like, baby girl, it's been 15 to 20 years. You need to move on because you had a taste of something like it's almost like i walked into the costco the lady was out with her samples and i had this little piece of chocolate that she was like sampling out and oh my god it was the best piece of chocolate i ever had but it's just like one little bite it wasn't like a whole meal and so ever since then that person has been stuck on that one piece of chocolate and so the rest of their life, they're walking around. When am I going to get like something delicious like that piece of chocolate? But they're stuck in that one piece. I'm like, well, you already, you, you absorbed that. You gobbled it up. You had the experience you were supposed to have with that. And so they're stuck on those relationships and they don't know how to move forward and move past it. And what I say is, well, first, let me ask you, because I mean, you just, you recently went through a little bit of a split with somebody and what has been helping you like work through that? Um, my music, <laughs> I play songs that remind me that I'm that bitch you know what I mean like <laughs> I, I, for me and all every time I break up it was always like I'm terrible nobody will like me nobody will ever love me blah 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 I don't have time for that shit yeah. so yeah. I'm like okay so how do I keep myself moving forward because yeah. I mean I'm allowed to feel feelings yeah. and to have sad we spent time together yeah you know there was bonding but I have to also recognize the trauma in that bond mm. so what were we bonding of what were we healing what were we doing what work were we taking part in mm-hmm. so you know reflection and self-acceptance self-love and mm. you know just really realizing that like I probably need to spend some time by myself. I have like 12,000 balls in the air. I'm trying to juggle. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. To get myself on the level Mm -hmm. and balance it so that the next time somebody comes, there's no wobble for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think I I think for me, what helped me out of the toxic relationship, I actually just started jogging and using music. And what I would do, and my my approach is more like spiritual visual because I really believe in the power of visualization with music. You know, a lot of people who they practice like law of attraction or manifestation, they just focus on like visualizing, like I'm gonna visualize that car and it's gonna like come, it's gonna come to me. I'm like, okay, good luck girl, you know? But for me, that visualization with music is what really helps me to move forward and to thrust myself forward. I think like I was obsessed with Kelly Clarkson when I ended that that toxic relationship because she had just come out with that that album and it there was a lot of good songs on there. And um I think one of them was something to do with being toxic or something like that. But anyways, I would get in my car, 
I would drive to my first job, which was at that time I was working at a, a doctor's office, at a podiatrist's office. And so I would drive to work and I would listen to the Kelly Clarkson album and I would cry the entire way to work because I just felt just empty and alone mm-hmm. and rejected. And I didn't know the value of my own worth. I didn't know the, my own worth and value. So I felt the emptiness inside. And people tend to use relationships to fill them up because they don't know how to fill themselves up. And so that's what I had used that relationship as, as a way to fill myself up. So when it was gone, I felt completely devoid and like something was missing in my life. And so I would go and drive to work and I'd listen to Kelly, Clark, Kelly Clarkson's. And then I'd get into work, dry my tears, walk in there. Hey, y'all. Hey, everybody. You know, be Fernie for whatever I had to be mm-hmm. for that day get done with work, jump in my car, drive over to my second job, which was Starbucks at the time. And so I would cry all the way to my second job. And then I would get into the parking lot, dry my eyes, pull it together. And then I go and get and start working at Starbucks and, you know, making lattes and stuff. So that's pretty much what I did to get through that in the, for the, the first two or three weeks. And that's not a bad way to, to deal with it. But then once you get past like the immediate loss and the immediate pain, you have to deal with, what that brought up within you and most of us don't realize that relationships bring up a lot within us and for me the person the person that i was with represented my father who i never knew my father my mother um had me out of wedlock because he was married and she was his mistress so i never knew my father he wanted her to have an abortion and she said no because she was catholic mexican catholic so they don't do that but um so i never met my father and then the stepfather that came into my life several years later was very abusive and so that just beat my ego and my my sense of self and value down even more and then when that situation ended and then I continued to be bullied in school because I was gay or because of this or because of that oh you're feminine or you you talk like this or whatever so I had to deal with all these male rejection scenarios where they were treating me like crap or abusing me or whatever and then I was also molested as well as a child so you add all of that in and they can do a real number on you so when I got into that relationship this person was the same um, background as my stepfather who was very abusive and this person also had he even though he embodied a sense of dominance and control it wasn't like dominance and control like I got your back and I'm gonna I've got this like don't worry I got this it was more like you need to do what I want you to do this is he always used to say this thing he says I am I am the head you are the neck I call the shots you turn me in the direction you think you want me to go but I'm the one that's at the top and so that was always his saying and so for me it was like okay but I got used to that because I was I was raised and conditioned into that growing up. So it was a really hard relationship to work through and it was a lot of toxicity that I had to work through, but it brought up all this stuff within me that I didn't even realize I was holding on to, and it made me face it. And so instead of feeding into more abuse, more self-worth issues, more of that, instead of feeding into that, I was like, you know what motherfuckers? All of y'all, all of y'all in my past, all of you, including starting from my ex, going all the way back to my father, all of you motherfuckers, y'all didn't believe in me. Y'all didn't think I would be anything. Y'all acted like I was nothing and I was trash. Let me fucking show you what I can do. And so that was my <laughs> mindset. And so at that point, I was like, all right, motherfuckers, like, I'm going to show y'all. I'm going to show y'all who I am and what I'm capable of because no one here believes that I can be something. So let me just show y'all what I can be. And then I busted my ass and moved forward. But it 
really did, it was a mental shift. And I used that one experience to kind of thrust myself in another direction. I could have easily gone into the victim into the victim state because that's what we all tend to do right we're like i'm the victim i'm the one that the universe is picking on i'm the one that is being you know abused and treated this way and i have no control and no power and it's just all coming down on me and i was tired of that because i'd been that for so long in my life and so i was like no i'm gonna take this in another direction that's what i did and i would go jogging in the park and i would listen to some of my favorite music um like Adele, like Adele's uh, Hello, I think was coming out at that time. And so I would imagine, oh. yes, yes. And so like I would jog and I would be jogging and I'd be listening to my music and I would imagine that my heart would open up and inside of my heart was this darkness that was there from all of these relationships with males across the board. And what I would do is I would jog and I would see that darkness in my heart and I would envision or visualize it starting to come away from my heart and this black darkness was coming and coming and coming and I would just release it and let it go up. And I would imagine like the light of God coming down on me and raising that out of me and I would just envision it, raising it out of me and then I would just send it back. I'm like, here you go, send it to whoever created this within me. I'm sending it back to where it came from. And so I would listen to this music, hello from the other side and like, cause I am on the other side and I'm not gonna okay. be up in there with y'all. I'm gonna be up on the other side. And that's what I did. And I did that every single day for like 60 days. And at the end of that 60 day period, first of all, I had lost like 50 pounds. So that was a great, great way to do it. Uh, Cause I was doing it like once, twice a day, every, every day. Cause it was, it was therapy for me. Just even walking in the park and listening to it, the visualization is helpful. And so I did that and then so I lost all that weight. So I felt I felt even better about myself because not only did I start to feel lighter and like I was releasing something, but I also had an incredible, like I had a new body and I was like, oh my God, like I feel great about myself. I was getting attention again. So that was fueling some of that self-worth and value, but I was already building it from within. And so as time went on, um, I didn't feel angry anymore and I wasn't mad and I wasn't like, I actually got to a point where I was grateful for the experiences because every one of those taught me something and it taught me who I wasn't and it taught me what I needed to do in certain situations to protect myself or to love myself more than the other person was able to love me because sometimes when you're in a relationship if someone doesn't know how to love you then set the example and show them how to love you by loving yourself the way you need to be loved. And you set the example, not by saying, look, you're not treating me the way you should and you're responsible for the crap in this relationship and you're the reason why this relationship isn't working. No, no, no. Just treat yourself the way you would like to be treated and hold that to the, hold that to the standard and show them the example of how they should treat you because they might actually rise to the occasion and become that. If they don't, then they don't. But at least you are in the face of it, not transforming yourself to like, accommodate that person's bullshit. Right. I mean, so essentially that means sometimes you have to walk away if yeah. that relationship is not working for you. Yeah. You know, because really you're the only person that can protect you from anything, right. you know, and don't love yourself, which is what we're all really working through because we right. all had a trauma, you know, that has kind of put us in that spot at some point. Right. Like have to, you have to decide that you're going to be your own hero. Right. You know, you have to. And I think that's just where I'm at right now. It's like, you know, I have to say this works for me. This doesn't work for me. And, you know, if something doesn't, like, I can't be worried about whether or not I'm going to make an enemy out of it. Like, okay, sorry. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 
just but it takes practice because this is easier said than done and i mean this is something i had to learn through experience because you can read a book but when you're in the moment and you're dealing with the pain people just immediately surrender into the pain and they get stuck in that and they don't know how to overcome the pain because all they're trying to do is just stop the pain and so people's immediate reaction is what can i do to stop the pain well i'm feeling pain because this person's not in my life let me get back with that person or make that work so i don't have to feel the pain and what i would say is make peace with the pain and learn to love your pain because once you get past that initial period of discomfort and loss you're going to start to examine some things and see some things in a very different way. And then that will help you to rise to the occasion of what the universe is calling of you in the moment by just giving you this experience to begin with. Right. Okay. That you're so right. And yesterday I was listening to um, Esther Abraham. I'm obsessed mm. with her first of all, mm-hmm. but just, listening to her talk about relationships is like they're supposed to be temporary you guys it's not supposed to be like okay this is my forever lover like that's fine in fantasy I think most of the time but if you're constantly changing you cannot expect everybody that you're always with to stay with you because if they can't vibe with you it will break apart yeah you know it won't last right so if people don't rise you rise you can't go together. Yeah, you know? exactly. Well, and I, I don't, I don't know a lot of couples who have been married for as long as like 40, 50, 60 years who did not go through trials of their own, who, you know, there are very few of those where they didn't have any issues. Every mm-hmm. time you talk to those people or you get to know those people, something happened at some point and they had to work through it. They had to really push through the issue or the challenges. So people think like, and it's the wording of the way that people word their questions. Fernie, when am I going to get married and finally be happy? I'm like, oh, baby girl. Like, if you think that happiness is coming from a relationship, you are going to be sorely disappointed because it is not someone else's responsibility to make you happy. You need to learn what happiness is without needing somebody to make that happen for you. So when you do find someone that you match up with or do well with, then at least you can share the happiness with them and they can also share their happiness with you. But if you're like in with somebody and you're like, you know, when are they going to make me happy or am I going to finally be happy? I'm just like, you know, well, first of all, this planet Earth, we came here to struggle as humans. It's part of the experience (laughs) of being a spirit in a human physical environment, but you can find real love. You can find authentic love. You can find love that will last a long time and probably the remainder of your life but you have to make sure that you understand what that includes and what comes along with that you know it's like i want to have children and be a perfect mom i'm like okay but you know you're gonna have a lot of sleepless nights you know your children are gonna make you crazy you know that some something's gonna happen when you give them birth and it ain't gonna be fun to go through that right and if you know any women who have had fun giving birth you let me know because i want to interview them but uh, you know it's painful it's a painful experience but something beautiful is created from a painful experience in relationships it's the same thing you're going to go through painful experiences but something beautiful can come from that if you're committed to it and if both people are on the same page if one person isn't let them go let them go because at least you know what to recognize in some of those signs that they may have been showing you that you refuse to see because you were so in love with the idea of what y'all could have together instead of actually working together to create something together. You know, it's almost like, oh, Fernie, no, no, I ain't got time to be wasting with people. Like, this is what I wanted to do when I'm 31. And then when I'm 35, I wanted to have the perfect twins. And I'm just like, okay, well, 
you're probably not going to be happy in your relationships and you're probably going to be very disappointed because you're completely living in a bubble of in reality and you got to get realistic. I, you know who I blame for this? I blame the notebook. Um, I blame, um, yeah. <laughs> I blame the notebook. I blame Michelle and Barack because they seem to have a power couple per, you know, relationship and not everybody's relationship can be like Michelle and Barack. You know, some people got Oprah and Stedman relationships where they don't get married, <laughs> but they're together forever and they love each other. Some people, you know, some people have relationships where, you know, it's really not the healthiest situation, but they end up sticking it out anyways. I have a cousin and he and his wife, they got together when they were teenagers and they were, I mean, they, it was a crazy ass relationship she tried to run him over once and you know he you know he broke his legs i mean like crazy relationship but they're still together to this day and i can honestly say that they love each other because they were young and they didn't know what was healthy and what wasn't and they kind of had to learn over time what was healthy and what wasn't but they were both committed to sticking it out with each other and they stayed together that's not what i would suggest people do i don't think y'all should run each other over to learn lessons i think that you know you can you know be healthy and you can like put a stop to certain things and i honestly think they should have broken up a long time ago but today they're in a different place but they stuck it out and they work through stuff but a lot of these couples that have been together for 40, 50 years, they work through their shit and that's what really helps them. But they're realistic and, 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 and once it's like people, when they go into the relationship, they have an idea of what it should be like and then they re reality hits and they're like, oh, now I have to decide if I want a real relationship or if I want the ideal because this person isn't yeah. the ideal, right? I mean, and real relationships take work. Like, you can't always just have fun. Yeah. You know, like, if you're talking about being together and, like, yeah. really growing and building something, yeah. then prepare to pull some weight. Mm -hmm. You know, like, somebody stretch on both sides. And if you're saying what you want is love, and as long as it's not outside of your boundaries, then if you're resisting it, are you ready for a relationship? You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Well, tell everybody how to find you because you're going to have some people looking you up and trying to figure out who you are and what the hell you're doing here. So tell people how to find you. <laughs> so you all can find me on Instagram at Between Us Girls Podcast and at, well, it used to be at MS Creative AF, but I just changed it to fit my other name. Um, it is at J E H O S H B A, Jehoshua. But I couldn't uh, spell it out because somebody else took it. Awesome. Figures. Um, but anyway, and sometimes I uh, have messages. So you can yeah. follow me. Hi. I can see you now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but it's back and you're good. Okay. So, okay. so um, my uncle's been missing for three months. And um, we've reported him. And we have no answers from the police or anybody. Yeah. So, um, okay. So there's a couple of things I want to say about this. I, the first thing I'll say is um, when we're done, because I'm not going to be able to give you everything I need to give you. When we're done, I want you to shoot my assistant an email. Just go to my website and shoot her an email and let her know that we spoke on the live. And I asked you to email her because I want to actually do a full missing persons like session for him to see if I can give you anything else that might be helpful to you. Cause we're not going to have that much time right now. Okay. Um, but here's the thing I feel, first of all, I feel like 
I keep seeing three people around him. So I feel like there are three people that would know or have an idea of what has happened to him. I don't feel like he's just gone off and is just missing somewhere. I feel like something's happened. And I feel like something's happened and he's not able to let anybody know or he's not able to do anything to, to, to give anybody information about this because he's not in a position where he can. When I say it that way, I, it's going to be hard for me to say this. When I say it that way, I'm not feeling confident about him still being around. Okay. Okay. I want to put that out there first. Okay. But I feel that there are three people that are around the situation that may have an idea or know what happened. One of those people would be considered a close friend. So I feel like there's a close friend that um, knows more than they've said or knows more about what's going on. Um, before he went missing, was he supposed to, was he supposed to like sign documents or forms or sign papers? That were going that were supposed to be like legal agreements or legal forms um he asked me to but i didn't go with him to the bank but i don't know if my cousins his daughter did i don't know okay because i feel like he was intending to do some things or to make some changes and it got a little bit confusing and also some other people may have may not have wanted that to happen so i feel like there's someone close to him who knows what, what happened. Um, the area that he lived, the bank that he was supposed to go to, is that gonna be like kind of in an area where he lives, where yeah. he lives at? Okay, by that area, do you know if there are any like big silos or refineries? No. Okay, you know those big, uh, are you in Houston? No, no, no. We're here in LA, Los Angeles. Oh, you're not? Okay. So in Houston, there are these huge refineries and they're like these huge, like big, like, I want to say like tire shaped, big structures. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you know if there's a place like that around where he lived or where he was supposed to go that day? Um, well, we, he's, um, he lived near a, a cemetery. And then there's a, a bridge where they told us they saw him or he used to hang out. But other than that. No, this is, this is, let me see. Let me see if I can draw this so I can show you. Um, I'm going to have to do, we're going to have to do a full session because it's going to be hard for me to give you everything that you need to get here. Um, so if I were going to draw this for you, it, Okay, so it's almost like that. So it'd be like a, a building that's like that, but it's like a light color, like white. Or, and it's not a building. It's almost like it holds water. I don't know if it's a water like tank or a, um, a, a refinery like drum, but it almost reminds me of that. There are some like this around that area where he lived at. They may not be that huge, but there's some around there. And I feel like if people were to look in that area, they may find evidence or something that can support the search for him. Okay. 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 We'll, we'll, we'll connect after this is done. So I'm going to have you shoot me an email, but I do not feel confident about him still being a 
alive. And I feel like he wouldn't have just, just like he's not that kind of person to just wander off and not be around. Like he would have told people where he was going or what he, because um, he reminds me of my uncle Carlos. Did he sometimes get afraid of going out to want to do things by himself and he wanted people to like go do stuff with him? Like he didn't really like to go out just by himself all the time. He was, he was very afraid of things. I, I remember that and I know that he was really, really sick. He was really sick. He didn't want us to see him. He had terminal cancer and he didn't want us to see him suffer. Yeah. And um, he was very scared. I know when one of my other uncles was, was dying, he didn't want to be present and he yeah. kept avoiding coming to the hospital. He was like yeah. a chicken, like a big chicken. Right. I feel like he talked to somebody or there was a conversation that day or there was communication and they kind of know what happened or they, they know more and they just haven't said it because they don't want to tell people or they just don't want to share what they were, what they heard. But I feel like someone like close friend or close person to him knows has a good idea of what's happened, but they haven't said anything or they don't want to talk about it. So I feel like it's, it's, it's a, it feels like that, but I feel like there's a, a, a building like this or a structure like this, where if there's, if they look around that, there may be something there that y'all can, find evidence around with his disappearance. Um, I don't think it's going to be where y'all typically think he would have, he would have been like, I know you were talking about the bridge. That's like a typical common place. This is a place that he wouldn't have normally gone to. You know, he went to the day before he disappeared. He went to, to a city in Carson. He went to Carson to see one of my aunts and I don't know how he would have made it back home because he was that ill. And I always tell my mom, like, I wonder if, like, something happened on the way home that day, mm. you know? And this is in April, the end of April. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore. Here's what I'm going to do. When, we get, when you get off, just shoot me a thing. I'm going to ask you for the location that he, like, the area that he lives in and then also where he was traveling from. Because I'm going to, like, scope to the area to see if I can see anything that reminds me of what I'm seeing in my head. There because, is. There okay. is. I, I, in Vernon... And I believe in Huntington Park, there's one. Um, and there's a refinery in Carson also. Okay, thank you. Okay, so this is somewhere around there. So I feel like this is gonna be around that area because I feel, I almost feel like I, I feel like there's a slight hill or a slight, I don't know if it's a slight hill or a slight cliff that comes down. It comes down and then there's these buildings or these things. There's also this fence that separates it from like where people can access it. So I feel like if I go behind this area or go in this area, there's something there that might indicate where he is. Okay. Okay. He's okay, sweetheart. He's okay. He's also, he's acknowledging the month of February and he's talking about a birthday. Does someone have a birthday in February? Um, February is his wife's birthday. His okay. wife's birthday and his daughter's in April. Got it. He wants to acknowledge her birthday. So he's acknowledging her birthday. Um, he also is acknowledging a new baby. Is someone pregnant in the family or does someone just find out? Because he says he his knows about daughter, it. His daughter and she's watching right now. That's it. So he wants to acknowledge for her that he knows about the baby. So he wants her to know that, which because he's giving me this information, that makes me think that he is not here anymore. So that's why I'm telling you that. But I feel he's he's okay. He's fine. But he is acknowledging that he knows about the baby. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetheart. Thank you. I'll email you. You're welcome, sweetheart. Thank you. All right, so let's see. All right, so I just saw somebody else that I needed to bring on. Um, mm, there you are. 
How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, let me turn on my volume. Can you hear yeah. me okay? Yeah, I'm I sorry. Can't even find I'm gonna put your butt in because it's I'm so a hot mess. Crazy. <laughs> All right, Mama. What did you want to ask me? Well, well, my mom is here. My my grandpa passed away a couple of years ago, and I was just wondering, you know, if he has any messages for her. Mm -hmm. She only speaks Spanish, so yeah, <laughs> but she's right here. No, it's yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Um, okay, first of all, he's showing me the number two or twenty-two. It's one either two or twenty-two. Do you know if the second of a month or the twenty-second of a month is connected? Because he's showing me that it's either that or February, but I'm seeing that two the two numbers. So it's either February or the second of a month. Do you know if there's a connection to that with either one of you? With my mom or, or yeah, um, she got her anniversary is um in February. Okay, so he's acknowledging the anniversary or, or referencing it. your dad's your dad's pass. No, not my dad. Okay, hold my on. My dad's here. Let me see where. You know what? Your grandpa's present, but I want to say there's somebody else who wants to kind of chime in for a second. Um, is your dad's mm -hmm. mom passed? Your grandmother? Yes. Okay. She yes. wants to say hello. So she's wanting to acknowledge, be acknowledged to say hello. She says she's the, thank you. She says she's y'all's angel. So she wants y'all to know that she's been coming around and trying to let y'all know she's around y'all. She also says yes. she messed, she messed with the curtains or she messed with the blinds. Did something funny or weird happen with the curtains or the blinds? Yeah. I, um, I remember some, one of our fell, okay. like our, like one of these shutter things. Okay. Things up here. Yeah, because yeah. she's acknowledging messing with the cringe or blinds to get y'all's attention. She also thanks y'all for the prayers. Is your mom a devout Catholic or does she really practice that Catholic faith? Because she's acknowledging your mom praying for her. Yeah. She also says, you, is, does she not get a chance to go to church as often or does she has she not been able to go to church and she's like really wanting to go? Yeah, we're in quarantine so we don't have to uh, yeah. go to mass. That's right. Your grandmother, your grandmother wants your mom to know. Get let, let me see your mom. Let me talk to your mom. Let me let me let me. Mommy, Ben, mommy. Give even if, even if she's not on camera, that's fine as long as I can hear her and she can hear me, okay? Quiero hablar contigo. Um, okay. It's Fernie. ¿Te acuerdas que te dije de él? Y hola. Hola. Okay. <laughs> so, hay una mujer que quería decirle, uh, que le quería saludar. Es la mamá de su esposo. So, ella quería entrar y dice, me estaba diciendo que ella es, está tratando de cuidarte. También le dice que ella te trató de decir, uh, de, te trató, no quiere que te preocupe que te preocupes que no puedes seguir a misa porque dice que tu corazón es la misa que necesitas ahorita. So que te, te enfocas en nomás uh, pensando cosas de amor y pensando en pensamientos positivos. También me está diciendo que ella que estaba listo para irse cuando era su tiempo y que ya estaba cansada y también me está diciendo que ya no le duele el brazo. No sabe si le estaba doliendo la, el brazo a ella o ella sentía algo aquí en este lado del cuerpo, porque no. siento que no lo puedo mover, como que algo me está causando y no puedo mover parte de mi brazo o parte de mi lado. Do you know if she had a stroke or there was an issue with the side of her body? My like, grandma, my mom, my dad's mom passed away um, after that, pancreatic cancer, but they didn't find it. They, went, they tried to cure it. 
And when they tried to, you know, cure it, it just spread. And they thought she did great on the surgery, but um, she died. Okay. Because what she's showing me is she says she felt numb or she, like she couldn't feel side of her body or part of her body. She didn't know what was going on. Do y'all know if her heart just stopped pumping blood or just like it literally stopped? But she's acknowledging like, I don't feel the side of my body. And typically oh. whenever that comes up, it usually means that someone had a clot or someone had a stroke or something mm -hmm. triggered their passing because that's the way she's making me feel. She passed in Mexico and, and I was very, I was 19. I, we couldn't go. My dad was the only one that went, but all his hurt kids worth with her so i will ask my aunt okay because she's just acknowledging that she also said la princesa who's the princess in the family i don't know maybe me <laughs> i'm no. the only daughter no is, no no one of her does she have a daughter she has four daughters okay is one of them like the princesa like she thinks she's everything and she tries to act like she knows everything and like everything's around everything's about her or she acts like that yeah. like, very self-centered okay yeah so she's acknowledging like y'all having patience with her she also okay. keeps acknowledging for your mom thank you she says your grandfather is there so she wants to acknowledge for your mom that the grandfather is there she like also my mom's dad your mom's dad so she's acknowledging mm -hmm. your mom's dad he also he she's telling me that thank you um he can feel his lower body part his lower body now so do you know if he couldn't feel part of his legs or he was having circulation no, issues to his legs? Piernas, he was having trouble walking okay because yeah his legs yeah. His, his, yeah he was on a walker um and he passed very yeah. you know he so before, before you tell me too much, he's acknowledging that he can walk now or he's fine. He also says that there was an internal infection or some sort of break or something that happened. And it triggered, like, I want to say it almost triggered his blood to become contaminated or a sepsis-like situation. Okay. Do you under, do you Makes sense. That? Okay. Because he said he kept feeling cold and he didn't know why he was feeling so cold. And so, he's, so it was because... He also says um, to your mom, he says that he has come in a dream. Um, and she, he says that she didn't understand what he was saying, but maybe he was too far away or she couldn't make out what he was saying. But he says he came in a dream. Also, is there a picture of him wearing like a suit with like, because he's showing a young picture of himself looking really good. So he's a young picture? Yeah. And it might even be black and white because he's acknowledging this, but there it is. So he's <laughs> acknowledging the picture of him in the suit. It's black and white. So he wants to acknowledge that as well. And he says that is his favorite picture. And also, he says, this is the way he's showing himself to me. So he's showing uh -huh. himself to me this way he also is acknowledging his watch or the broken watch so you yeah. know there's a, that's yeah. it yeah he's around he's with y'all and he's, he's with, with he's with your grand we are the grandmother so there's a wow. lot of them there okay, okay. good right, to you. know good All to right. know thank you so much thank you for what you do you bring oh. a lot of peace to us you're welcome, sweetheart. You take care um her mom has passed so it was not her mom it's it's my dad's mom right that was your dad's mom that was yeah. was communicating some of that your 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 grandma your mom's mom uh -huh. she keeps acknowledging having the same birthday month as someone in the family so do you know if her birthday is the same as someone um did you know oh, i don't know if you if i do <laughs> she never told anybody her actual birthday so we don't really know her birthday because she was so private and didn't like attention yeah it was december december was her birthday um, yeah, uh, we have a huge family, so I'm pretty sure we have somebody in <laughs> It's the first week or two of December. If y'all look her up it's in December. Like Ancestry, yeah, we'll be able to yeah. confirm the date. Wow. Perfect. Thank you so much, Fernie. I welcome. appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.
Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm seeing my daughter like kind of like, why does it look like my ceiling? That's Hi. funny. Hi, sweetheart. How you doing? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You have beautiful <laughs> skin, by the way. Just so you know, you have beautiful skin. <laughs> you have oh, beautiful skin, you. by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome to yeah. well, What did you want to ask me about? Okay, well, a couple things. Well, not what one main thing. Mom. Yes. Look, that's say hi. Hi. Hey, sweetheart. Hey, mama. How you doing? How you doing? She's like, I'm doing. So okay. Cute. So, thank you. Um, I I swear she's probably like my mom reincarnated. Okay, so my mom passed because the way she acts sometimes. Yeah. So my mom passed away two years ago, and you know it was. You know, she had a stroke, and then you had another stroke. Don't, and don't tell me too much. Don't tell me too much, because I, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have been trying to like look for signs and like messages, and just mm -hmm. like mom, like you know, just I miss her so much. Like we miss her so much, and just everything happened so quickly mm -hmm. with her passing. Yeah. And so I've been like trying to look for signs, <laughs> birds, angels, something, and just been struggling with that and i just want to know if like is she okay mm -hmm. like was she in pain when she passed mm -hmm. you know was she mad because we cut her fingernails no. short no 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 don't tell me too much don't tell me too much you, you're like giving away all the goods right you're giving away all the goods okay first thing is um your mom just said the name patricia is there a patricia or pat connected to the family patricia patricia pat. or pat or patsy Oh, I have to find out. Okay, there's a woman there who passed away from cancer or breast cancer. Her name is Patricia or Pat or Patsy. So she's acknowledging this woman being there. She also, your mom wants to acknowledge, um, your mom's funny. Um, she's funny. Um, I feel like she tries to make light of everything. She doesn't want anyone to worry or anybody to like be down or anybody to be like mad or upset or anything like that. And she says, you know that I wouldn't want you to be upset. I don't know why you would think I would be mad at you. So she's acknowledging that you need to stop with that. She also says, you've always liked the extra attention. You always want me to come around more so than everybody else. So she's acknowledging just how you are as a person. Uh, your mom says she's proud of you because she says that you have proven yourself over and over again in your life. So she says she's very proud of you. She also says that she has been, thank you. I keep hearing bells or chimes. Do you have bells or chimes? Um, if you ever no. hear, that's okay. If you ever hear a, if you ever hear a dinging, sound or a bell sound that's a sign that your mom gives you because she's acknowledging that she also says that you're never outside so she sends the butterflies and there's nobody out there to be but she says the butterflies are the symbol from her so she's acknowledging that as well okay she also keeps acknowledging a bracelet do you know if there's a bracelet or a charm bracelet that she gave you or that you have that's connected to mom so she's acknowledging the bracelet um she also keeps acknowledging um I keep hearing Silent Night. Do you know there's some special connection with singing Silent Night at a play or singing at a, at a, at a church? I don't... So for me, when I think of Silent Night, I think of December, I think of Christmas, I think of the significance of that time frame. Do you know if someone, if either she or someone liked Silent Night or Silent Night was a song that someone sang to her? Because she's showing me that song or giving me that song. So there's probably, a you know, probably... <laughs> My oldest, Isabella, 
loves singing like she'll sing christmas songs and like chant like all throughout the year she's always singing christmas songs i'm like oh my god it's not christmas yet but (laughs) ask her if she's ever sung silent night or there's a connection between her and grandma and silent night your mom also wants you to know that the light bulb is not broken, that it needs to, it, it is her messing with it. And it might actually be the kitchen bulbs or the kitchen light, but she's acknowledging something like that, that is like thinking that the light bulb was messed up or needed to be fixed. And she says, she tried to tell you it was her. She showed you it was her. Do you remember that? It's like, or in my closet, my light in my closet, like I'll turn like off and on, off and on. I'm like, okay, you need to change it. And then like, okay. it'll just, Come on. Okay, so be be aware. It could also be happening in the kitchen or you might experience it in the kitchen as well. Because she took me into the kitchen and she showed me a light that was on that shouldn't have been on to begin with. And it was on and it's almost like you thought someone left it on, but you didn't know who left it on. So she's acknowledging that. Do you remember that? Okay.